chaos. The motion picture you've been waiting for. More action. More violence. More death and destruction than any film ever seen before. You like this stuff? Chaos. Huh? This movie's supposed to be scary. Once it starts. Soon. Let's go! Start the movie! Oh, great. We have to listen to that for two hours? Uh, it's okay. It's starting. What did you say this movie was about? Oh, it's great. It's about this guy who dresses up like Santa Claus and kills people. What? I'm holding you up, asshole. Garbage day! Huh? No! <laughs> hey, everybody. It's the Cannon Cruisers. I'm JD. And I'm Randy. And I just have to say, Merry Christmas! Ho, ho, ho! ho. That's right, Happy folks. Happy New Year. That's right, folks. We're doing a Christmas special this year. For the first time ever. Because why not? And because literally as of this recording next week is Christmas and it'll come out on Christmas. Yes. And also because we wanted to cover this movie because it's worth covering. No, no, no. You wanted to cover this movie. Oh, I'll take full responsibility for this movie. And this is a... Well, technically, it's a non-canonical adventure of J.D. and Randy. Pretty much, yeah. But it's just, like I said, Christmas special! Woo! Yes, and the movie we decided to cover specifically is called Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 2. From 1987, an American slasher film. You might have heard of this one, considering it has one of the most infamous uh, memes out there, I guess. Which Garbage is, Day! That's what yeah. this movie, that's where it comes from, this movie. So, you might also be wondering, whoa, why are you covering Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2 and not Part 1? Well, we might as well just say that uh, that has to do with what the movie's actually about. Which is technically three different movies in one, you see. <laughs> yes, this feels like this is the movie they would have made for TV. Kind of like the fifth or sixth Psycho movie where they were doing the flashbacks. Yeah, it, it's kind of a bizarre film because the original movie is a slasher movie about a killer Santa Claus. And you could tell by the way that this movie went is that they found out the most tortured way possible of getting that, that killer Santa Claus out there. So what this movie does is tell you, this is what happened in the first movie. This is what happened after the first From movie. From the point of view... And this is what happened now. Of... Some guy who remembers everything from when he was a baby Always. to psychic episodes where he remembers stuff that happened that where he wasn't even around for. Where nobody could have possibly told him what happened either. Which is, to say that this movie is bizarre is kind of an understatement. And it's implied that he has super strength and a photographic memory. It, to be fair, his brother apparently had that too because he had, uh, he hung a guy from christmas lights and killed him in two seconds so why is santa claus evil in this movie jd because naughty punish 
because Santa Claus <laughs> killed their his their parents and raped their mother in front of them. When they were well, one of them was a baby and crying in the back seat and couldn't have seen anything. But yeah. And Mother Superior ta- taught them that sex is bad. I'm sorry, Mother Superior, a nun at the orphanage, taught them that sex was bad and that naughty boys and girls need to be punished. Yeah. Uh, and for some reason got them a job to be a mall Santa or something at some point. Yeah, that's this is this is the first movie. And then the priest or janitor dies well, killed by cop. We should just say that the movie starts is about a crazy guy in an asylum talking to a guy with a tape recorder, figuring out, why are you here? Is he Was he a profiler or was he a uh, therapist? We, I don't think they ever said what he was. But he was recording what he was saying. So what was what we got was, why are you here? Let me start from the beginning. My parents were killed by a killer Santa Claus in front of me and my brother. So, okay, he's and a psychiatrist. We, yeah, and then we start from... They went to the orphanage, and then they start playing movie f- footage from the first movie for like 40 minutes with interspersing cuts of now from our perspective here. And we get pretty much all the highlights of the first movie because it has pretty much, I guess, every kill, including the finale, where his brother dies in front of him. And then we figure out, find out, this is what happened next. So they have footage that they newly shot of what happened to him after that fun fact they shot this film in 10 days yeah i i don't I, this movie is really really bizarre I, I, like i said it feels like three different movies well when you read about the production history where they they wanted to make a quick buck on it and they said okay just recut the uh, first movie mm-hmm. uh to be another movie but with the a sequel to the movie with him just telling it from inside the, the insane asylum and you're supposed to just think it's all in his head mm-hmm. and then the director apparently went to bat and the writer went to bat saying no 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 we need to have more so it's like half the movie is archival footage of the first movie and then they're like now we need to do a little bit more and then we get garbage day yeah basically the first half of the movie is the highlights from the first movie then there's a bridge and then there's the second movie which the is, bridge, 15, 13 and 15-year-old Ricky, who looks like he's in his late 20s, 30s. Yes, because of the way this movie was filmed and because of the archival footage, five different people play Ricky in this movie. And it's really noticeable and really odd. Which is, And none of them look alike. No, and the whole movie is... Well, let's put it this way. It's an excuse to get a guy in a Santa Claus outfit to kill people. Like You can't, you can't get around the fact that that's just what they're trying to do. But what makes it so weird and so bizarre and yet entertaining is that they find the strangest ways to do it in the weirdest possible execution every single time. Yeah, so not even that long tortured bit about it, about their parents being killed and, and raped by Santa Claus. Uh, they never explained to him that, no, that actually wasn't Santa Claus that did it, that it was a man dressed as Santa Claus, a crazy no. person. And then... And then, for some reason, they get him a job as a Santa Claus. Okay, that's because the is, Mother Superior is a bad, bad person. She just decided, you know what? I'm going to be evil today, and I'm going to torture this kid because, you know what? I hate him. This 18-year-old kid. Or was he 16 at that point? I don't know, because the other 18-year-old no, 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 movie was played by a 24-year-old and looked like he was 24. Because in the movie, they explicitly say, it's like, oh, your brother left uh, the orphanage? No, he was cast out because he turned 18, but she got him a job as a as a mall Santa. Apparently just for kicks, you know, why not? Who then ended up killing people because... Uh, who they were who stops a rape from happening and then 
by killing the guy and then kills the girl that was getting raped and then kills everybody in the room. <laughs> in the building. Including people who didn't even do anything. Because, who were just drunken jerks. Because, uh, why not? That's, like I said, the movie, like I said, is so weird, but, like I said, the actual premise is pretty obvious what they're trying to do. And, um... I'm going to say, like, that's probably what makes this movie so fascinating to watch is because every single moment you're just sitting there wondering what the hell could they possibly do now? And that's pretty much the entire experience watching this movie. Oh, and did we mention that nobody in this movie can act? Again, that, like, adds to the bizarreness of the film. Not only can they not act, it's the things they say are, like, odd and the reactions to things is like a mirror dimension reaction so it's like looking at eric the... freeman who plays ricky lifts his eyebrows up and down 130 times in this film jd yeah it's this movie is the i i've seen i've never seen a movie that had this much eyebrow acting yeah so i might as well just go because there's no point in explaining the plot yeah it, the movie is basically guy dressed up as santa's kills people you might get... as well just like say general impressions of the movie which is this might have been the weirdest slasher movie I've ever seen in my life. And we've seen some weird movies on here, including Cheerleader Camp, which was bizarre. This probably tops it. And I can understand why it's uh, a cult classic, because it's surprisingly engaging for being a slasher movie. Oh, no, this movie is like all sorts of bad. But be it's one of those movies that's kind of fits with that title of So Bad It's Good, in a way. Um, I wouldn't call it good, but I would call it very engaging because, like I said, it feels like you're watching a mirror universe of people. I have it's to say, it's, it's like with other movies we watched from canon, other horror movies where you watch and go, no, there's a germ of a good idea, but with a better director and a better writer, this movie could be good. But would it be more enjoyable? Joe Dante's Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. I'm still not sure that would be more enjoyable. With this tone. Because this, this movie is high camp. And that's all the acting. The movie feels a lot like the horror movie version of the Miami Connection in a lot of ways. In that it's, it's clear what they're doing. It's not confusing at all. It's just like it feels like it's from a mirror dimension where things don't work like they're supposed to. So you're just trying to get your brain to catch up. Wait, what? What? what the, but that. Wait. Oh, so there's a there's a woman here, and oh yeah, it's the '80s, so she has to have her clothes torn, so you have to see her breasts. For no reason. There's just like all kinds of weird moments like that. How about the pair of drunken hooligans beating up kids in the woods to seal their sleds? Um, <laughs> that's, that's footage from the first movie. And uh, they're, they're just so looking forward to going down this virgin snow hill that is like maybe a slight incline. Like maybe a, a 2% incline. And then one of the guys goes down the hill and he pops out of the tree to cut their head off. And that's the end of the scene. That's just it. And these guys got their jollies of, about going in the woods and stealing sleds from kids. And, I, and I'm pretty much assuming that all these groups are supposed to be, like, teens. But they all look like they're in their 40s. Well, that's... Including the kids. That also doesn't help with, like I said, the fact that different people play the same characters at different ages. So you're, like, thrown off for the entirety of the movie. There's so many scenes in this film. Like, we, we point out Garbage Day. Everybody knows Garbage Day. But in the context of this movie, that scene actually makes sense. 
So it doesn't actually feel as... It's not as funny in the context of the movie. Taken it, out of context, it's a really funny, just really random thing. Which but, tells you a lot about the tone of this movie, that it does not feel out of context. But let's put it... Yeah, it doesn't feel out of context, because the scene before this is he electrocutes a guy using uh, jumper cables, and then kills his girlfriend with um, the antenna off of a car before go killing a cop after stealing his gun, and then starts shooting random people, and then... Yeah. Guy bring out the trash and he's like, hey, garbage day! Yeah. <laughs> Bang! There's already a string of weird things before then. And don't even forget what his girlfriend says the second before she's killed, which is, uh-oh. Because that's <laughs> something I'd say before I'm about to be murdered. Like, uh, the entire movie is just bizarre reaction after bizarre situation. And it manages to even escalate that at the same time, which is an, also an impressive feat. As I said, it, it's like the weirdest Thing. Sister, it's been six hours since he, he left, and it's Christmas Eve. And if for some reason they're bagging the body behind They're only the bagging the body now, <laughs> after six hours. Um, <laughs> and they're bringing in some... It's like she has nothing to do with the case. She's not there to identify the psychiatrist. Don't forget in the movie theater when there's the guy... Oh, you mean the best scene in the movie That's uh, that where I kind of went... This would have been a good Joe Dante film because this is very Dante. Where the guy is literally talking to his friend in the seat about, yeah, this is going to happen. Then he leans over. Yeah, this is going to happen. And then the third time he does it, his friend is gone and Ricky's there. And then Ricky oh, kills we, him in the back of the Can theater. we talk about the fact that Ricky has teleportation powers? Yes, he does. And super strength. And then a photographic memory. And psychic powers. Yeah, because... He is the narrator for the movie, even though he's talking about things he could never have possibly known about. And he also manages to be in certain positions that he shouldn't be able to get in. Like, literally, the shot we're thinking of is before he runs over a man at the age of 15. <laughs> um, times. The guy checks his car door. Okay, and you can see clearly there's nobody in the car. He walks to the front of the car, walks past it, and then when he walks past it, his, Ricky's in the car. Yes. And then it's like... Where do we, where Hong Kong. Where, where did he appear from? And then he runs him over. When would he have gotten in the car that fast? And how would he have started the car that fast? We would have seen the door open. We didn't. We didn't even see the car start. And the guy literally looked in his car for some reason and couldn't get his door open. And then Ricky was there. It's like, what? what's going on here? Or how about, oh no, Mother Superior's head falls off. She turns and screams. And then when we cut back, it's Danny literally right there. It's like, you should have seen him the entire time. Yes. And then the very last shot of the movie where... Uh, he opens his eyes, but then for some reason Santa Claus, it looks like he's stabbing him for some reason because of the way it's framed. Archival footage from the first movie of him stabbing somebody is what they use for the final shot. Which doesn't make any sense in what we just saw. So, it's, like I said, the whole movie is like this. It's a bizarre fever dream that somebody had of saying, you know what, this is a movie about a killer Santa Claus, let's make it as insane as we possibly can. And that's what resulted. And nothing has to make sense in this movie. Let's just say it's like, okay. And uh, nothing does make sense in the movie. It's what makes it such a fascinating watch. Trying how, to figure how, it how out. about the loan shark? Oh, yes. The loan shark, who was probably crazier than Ricky was. Also, what, probably a worse actor somehow than Ricky, but also a better actor than somehow than Ricky. He could have played Ricky at age 45. Because he was, he no, was, no, no, J.D. According to the logic of this movie, he would have been playing Ricky at age three. Yeah, the loan shark's beating somebody up in the alley, and then he just leaves him there. Then he turns around and freights his Ricky, and then Ricky kills him. And then an there's umbrella. a long pan of that umbrella in the rain for some reason, for like a minute straight. And then we're just like looking around an empty alley, and all I'm thinking in the back of my head is, that other guy just disappeared somehow, and it's a 
blind alley? Where the hell did he go? And then we cut back to the psychiatrist wiping his brow. But then that cuts away from him, and then his his forehead's dry. So, like, every single thing in this movie has something strange like that. And he's like, those are two murders I didn't know you had committed. Oh, I'm going to have to tell somebody. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Those are two murders I didn't know. Like, I, <laughs> my brain's seizing now. Because I just, I tried to. I'm trying to talk Mother about Superior. this logically. Ricky's having, having a seizure. They're trying to give the kid back to the freaking <laughs> orphanage. Morty, he's, he's had a seizure, but he shouldn't be taking care of him. My, I love when the, the two nuns are just walking down the street and horror music plays. And then they disappear near the store and the, the music you know, stops. You know, you, you know what? And then they horror, come back, gag, back out again. And you know what's a fever dream, JD? This episode of our podcast, because it, this movie has fried us so much. Yes, but at the same time, I as I said, this one was so fun to watch just because of how off the rails it was low lights what's a low light of this film jd we're gonna get nowhere because we're spinning our wheels what's a low light of this film well obviously the low light of the movie is that it's not good but i mean (laughs) we're gonna talk about just the the worst part like aspect of it it's going to be the uh, acting i mean that's you can't get around that Although I'm not going to say it's Ricky that's the low light for when it comes to acting because his bad acting is kind of necessary. No, for everybody's this. bad acting is okay. JD, this the, the low light of this movie is the bad acting. The highlight of this movie is the bad acting. But I think the other low light of the movie is that how often they go to the rape well. Well, it's not even the rape well. It's the some woman has a shirt. She's in trouble. You have to expose the breasts because this is 1987 and you need people in the movie theater. No, no, it's 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 it's, it's the. Okay, uh, this woman's gonna get raped, and then we're gonna steal her, rip her shirt off, and then we're gonna, she's gonna have to run around with no top after she just got violated. Except for that one woman who gets, is about to get raped, and then her boyfriend gets run over over and over again. Five minutes later, when it's like over. And And then she says thank you to him, and they just kind of nod and they walk away, and it's like, Lady, how are you getting home? You are in the middle of the woods. Like, that would have made more sense if it was, like, a heat of the moment thing where the guy was clearly, like, doing something dangerous, but, it's like, five minutes later when everything's settled down, nobody's doing anything. It's just, what? He's literally going, like, ah, she's blue-balling me. She's blue-balling me. And then he teleports into his car and runs him over. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> that's, the, that's the whole movie. Though I will say one thing, and because it's a slasher movie, you kind of have to say it, is that the kills, all of them, were actually really good. And that's no, they're all dumb. They're that's dumb. why they're really good. Is that they're dumb? <laughs> they're so stupid, but they're gory. They're over the top, and every single one of them, you have no idea how it's going to happen until it happens. Like every single person in this movie dies in a weird way. Ricky's rampage. Yes, that that especially. But even like the footage from the first movie, they they did the same thing. It's oh. like you can't see what's going to happen until it happens, and that's a that's a plus. For Though sure. I will say this about Ricky's rampage. Is the fact that I'm like, oh, it's like this is so dumb. He's, he's against the cops. He should be out of bullets by now. And it's like, oh wait, oh actually, wait. They they kept that in mind. He is. <laughs> he is out of bullets. Whoops. <laughs> I can't call them down for that. No, which is again like there's weird things like that where you're like, wow, that was surprisingly competent. And then you go and he kind of looks like, yeah, that that's like a six chamber uh, revolver he has there, and it's like he only fired six times. Mm-hmm. This leads me to believe like a lot of the movie isn't so much incompetent as that they just wanted to do something as goofy as they possibly could and they didn't really care that they much. They had 10 days. Yeah, and for 10 days, like I said, there's nothing like technically wrong and with the movie. And 40 minutes of the movie is archival footage and 10 minutes of the movie is credits. 
because they had to show the entire credits from the first movie on top of showing the credits for the second movie. Which is, says a lot for how engaging it managed to be despite that. So 50 minutes so far. That, that accounts for 50 minutes of time for a movie that is mm-hmm. 88 minutes. Half. Yeah, it's about an hour and a half long. So 50 minutes out of 90 minutes. Yeah. And like I said, it's hardly noticeable, if especially if you haven't seen the first movie, which we haven't, because we are, already knew this was in there, so we were, why watch it if we're just going to do this? It feels like a weird recap episode on a television show. Mm. But to me also, it adds to the the tone of the movie, which is off-the-wall insanity. Like I said, uh, I wouldn't call this a good movie, but I would call it fun to watch. Highlight of the movie? Everything. <laughs> the like acting, said, the bad acting. The the thing about the movies, like I said, it's not a it's not a good movie or anything like that. But there's nothing technically wrong with it. Like technical, technic wise, technique wise, I should say. Like there's no bad editing or anything. Like there's weird stuff in it, but it adds to everything that happens. Like the story doesn't work. Nothing works about this movie. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it is just like you said. It's like this weird mirror image of the world. Like mm-hmm. oh. Okay, none of this isn't how reality works. But I felt like Sam Neill running around watching this movie, going, "This is not reality. This is not reality." And like I said, bizarrely enough, that's what makes it so engaging, is because nothing operates on normal logic, including the kills. He killed two men in the movie theater, and nobody ever talks about it or acknowledges it. Nobody sees it. They just and he wants to stay in the movie theater (laughs) for the duration of continuing watching the movie that is just using footage from the first movie. That's what I mean. The the entire movie is like that. Like I said, and they did all that in ten days, and yet it still manages to be engaging like that. Would you hazard a guess at the budget? Oh, I'm going to say it was really low. Would you hazard a guess? Uh, I wouldn't be able to guess because of... I don't remember... I don't know what the budget of the first movie was, so I wouldn't be able to guess. The budget for this movie? $250,000. Wow. That's impressive, actually. Box office? Would you hazard a guess on the box office? I would hope it'd be more than that. $154,000 and some change. What? Yeah. you got to be kidding me. It must have had a limited release or something. Probably, probably. This movie is bad. So, uh, it's it the, is, the movie but... is directed by Lee Harry, screenplay by Lee Harry and Joseph H. Earl, uh, starring Eric Freeman, who was really, really bad. James L. Newman, who was really, really bad. Hmm. Elizabeth Kitan, who was okay. Uh, and hmm. Gene Miller, who was really, really bad. <laughs> now that I think about it, too, this was probably the thing that was referenced in that old Boy Meets World episode. Remember with the serial killer with the catchphrases? Because he sounded a lot like Ricky in this movie. <laughs> And something makes me think that this this is a, a film that had no, notoriety even back then. Yes. If this movie's going to have had notoriety because it was like one of those video nasties in the UK because of how violent it is. And I'm like, oh, it's not really that violent. No, it's not the violence, but it's probably, like you said, the sex scene was edited between him and his girlfriend. The one he strangles <laughs> later who said, uh-uh. <laughs> they significantly cut down the sex scene in a movie where we had already seen like four rape attempts in this film. And dismemberments and stranglings and stabbings and all that. But like I said, the... Mind you, this is no Black Christmas. No. The remake? Oh, God. (laughs) And this is no uh, Happy Birthday or whatever the hell that movie was called. No, no, no. But I will will say, like I said, if you um, like slasher movies, then you should probably find this one and watch it because you probably will enjoy it. But like I said, to me, it... Like, Just keep in mind that the caveat is that this do not go in assuming this movie is of any 
quality whatsoever. No, this is the sort of thing you want to watch if you want to watch something that shouldn't work or make any sort of sense. This is technically the type of movie that is against JD's original idea for the podcast. It's like, no, we're not going to watch any of these movies that are people are going to watch an irony. It's like, no, no, this is just a really freaking bad movie, but it's one of those bad movies that's good because of how bad it is. Yes, like I said, the reason I wanted to cover this is because it's such a weird, bizarre, off-the-wall movie that shouldn't work because of how bad it is. But it does because, like I said, when you watch it, you can't help but be pulled in like thinking, this isn't real. This is obviously fantasy, but the fantasy it's portraying is so backwards, you can't help but wonder what's going to happen next. How are they going to do this? How Because we were watching this and we had problems too with the connection. And every time we had the problem, I kept saying... I want to go back to it. I want to see what's going to happen. I want to know what happens next. And that says something considering the type of movie this is. We want to see how they're going to shoo in Santa Claus in some way to make him go on a rampage and start yelling naughty and punish. And they do. And like I said, it's fun the entire way through it despite how crappy and how weird it is. So with that said, um, what are you going to rate this one, Randy? I give it a three. You're going to go with a three? Like I said, it's not a movie of quality. It's just an an enjoyable, dumb movie to watch. Yeah, I'd probably go with the same with a three. Uh, Your rating would probably be higher, I guess, if you like slasher movies more. But like I said, we don't really. So uh, I'm kind of gimped on that that aspect. But at the same time... Oh, no, even if I like slashers, this movie would only get a three. It's a totally fine movie. Mm. And it's just more because it's so bad. Yeah, but it's the weirdness that saves it and makes it worth watching. As especially... More like the surrealness, dear Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I guess with that, we'll wrap this one up. I mean, I mean he's stronger than Jason Voorhees' mom. He is, actually. That's the whole That's the whole thing about this movie, like I said, is it's just off-the-wall insane. And, if and the you, final girl was a nun. Yes, that was also weird, considering his the super-strength young guy's final, final victim was uh, a frail, sick old nun in a wheelchair. Which we can never figure out how she got up and down the stairs because there's no way for her to have gotten up and down the stairs. And there was nobody else in the house either. But like I said, we could go on the whole movie doing that because that's literally every scene you can make something with that. But um, I, I red guess, car. Yeah, red as well. I guess we'll just wrap it up here. There's nothing else to say. So um, we could ramble on and on about Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Two from 1987. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I guess we should uh, wrap it up here with our little. Uh, non-canonical Christmas episode. Yeah. uh, Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, everybody, and we'll see you with our next episode. Whichever, whatever that movie shall be. Whenever it comes out. Yeah, probably sometime in January, I guess, or sometime in February, maybe? I don't know. I don't know how this works anymore. Well, you'll see when it comes out. But anyway, everybody, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. The nightmare began with Silent Night, Deadly Night. Need a ride, Santa Claus? Oh, no, not exactly. But it isn't over yet. In fact, the ultimate nightmare is about to begin all over again. Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 2. Hey, you little bastard! All Ricky ever wanted was a little kindness. And all he ever got was pain. Now he wants revenge. And this time, 
he's going to get. Step by step, weapon by weapon. Victim by victim. The terror's coming home, and he's all grown up. Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 2. I've got a present for you! Terrifying suspense shocker you've been waiting for. Last time it thrilled you. This time... Kill you. Silent Night Releasing Corporation presents Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 2.